feel the rhythm. The highlight of your week has arrived, Andrew. Yes, it has. Feel the rhyme. I don't know how to say your Instagram handle, so I'm not even going to try. Get on up. It's 11 o'clock on a Saturday. We all know what that means. That you're probably keeping me from watching a Liverpool game? Yep. It's podcast time. Welcome to the Rust Belt Running Podcast. I'm Adam Wheeler. You can find me at Wheels Up in CLE on all social media platforms. And once again, Andrew, I'm back joined by you, Andrew Hedinger. You can find him at Andrew Runs a Lot. It's been a couple weeks, Andrew. How you been? Uh, I've been fine. That was the most enthusiastic open. I nailed the close tonight, and you just, oh, you brought it with that open. It's those end-of-year vibes, man. The holidays are here. Yeah. Presents are coming. Christmas cookies. My my bank account is taking a oh, hit. Oh, man. Today was, today was your credit card is due day, and I never <laughs> liked the 16th of the month. I, uh, I'm looking around my office, and fortunately, uh, my wife has done some work on the Christmas presents that are in here. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, it is... It is not as neat as I would like it because we have to hide them somewhere. And they were in the closet in my office, and now they are strewn about as my wife begins the wrapping process. And I look around and go, that is a lot of money <laughs> sitting around my office floor. You know, I it's kind of interesting with my family this year. The, the Christmas shopping, I, I've usually been kind of like try to go a little all out with my shopping but just like within my family collectively we're we're sort of getting away from that this year and and part of it's like so my sister just had her second kid and it's another son so like Zeke doesn't need a whole lot because he's going to get a lot from his from his brother um and my sister and and brother-in-law are like you know we're not really doing anything big and because they've got their second kid they're not going to like buy much big for anybody so i'm like okay i can get on board with that and my brother's got his first coming along here in the next couple weeks and so like he's not doing much and you know i need to get stuff for my my niece that's going to be coming but you know it's like they had a baby shower they've got a lot of what they need so like nobody needs a whole lot and because everybody's kind of strapped we're all just like you know we're going to kind of take it a little easy this year and I've, i've started to get away from things and more towards like experiences and so i don't Shopping hasn't broken my bank account this year in the way that it has in the past, and it's kind of nice. Well, I was about to ask you what you were going to get me for Christmas. I got you but this awesome podcast experience. Then, well, then you said you were into experiences, and I remembered we're going to do a Christmas episode next week. Yes, we are. And that's going to be an experience that needs no wrapping paper to be amazing. That was a very nice tease. Made at the same time that I just got your response to my text. That is not where I was going with that, but... This is behind the scenes Rust Belt running stuff that we're just going to let you behind the scenes. Uh, well, but we're going to tease you with it just a little bit. We're going to let you know there's something behind the scenes, but you never get to know what it is. Rust Belt running out of context. 
This has become one of the more fun aspects of running this podcast is that I never do anything on social media, <laughs> but I do enjoy our weekly Rust Belt running out of context posts. That's all you, too. I like it. You should keep that going. <laughs> I'm working on it right now. <laughs> I've actually got a few things posted already. Tonight? Yeah. Oh, man. Good for you. I am on top of things. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. Wow, and somebody even, ah, oh, yeah, somebody even responded to a message. Really? Yeah, yeah, or uh, uh, responded to one of our stories on Instagram. Oh. Look at you, you, you social media savant. Goodness, this is what they come for, man. Thomas, who is that? The guy that left us. <laughs> up to you twice. Oh, it's cold blood. We'll bring that up later in the podcast. It so, does come up. Tonight we had the chance to sit and talk with Bruce McIntosh, uh, who is, uh, I'm going to tease it, our favorite podcast, Apple podcast review ever. Yes. Uh, I actually printed it and framed it in my mind um but he was with us tonight he's a host of the just a runner podcast you can find him at just a runner on instagram and facebook it's j-u-s-t-a no spaces runner uh but you can find him there and give him a listen he does a lot with interviewing uh other runners uh maybe more to the extent than we do uh you know we we kind of do it to um you know bring people on and kind of break up the monotony of just listening to you and I babble back and forth. Uh, but he does it almost exclusively. So it's, it's kind of cool to see somebody who really, uh, you know, works so hard to keep the community involved in his podcast instead of just trying to offer advice all the time. Uh, I, I think it's kind of neat. So we had a good time sitting down with him. Do you have any takeaways from our time with, uh, with Bruce tonight? You know, one of the things that I find interesting about Bruce is that he's really big into group running. And that's different from you and me. You and I talk all the time about how we're we're very much solo runners. We train almost exclusively by ourselves. And so just getting his take on why he does that and, and you know, how it fuels his running, I thought was really interesting. I like how that. About, do you I like, like that? that? Uh, well, no. I mean, Yes. That's not what I was going to say, though. What were you going to say? Go ahead. Um, I like that he's an ambassador for the Hall of Fame marathon here in Canton, Ohio. I think it's uh, I think it's pretty neat for somebody who is not from Canton to uh, want to continue to come to Canton and uh, run the race here. Uh, I, I think there's yeah you know, he ran in 2017 where we had extremely hot weather and he kind of talked about going through that and. Uh, that, that was not a year. He ran the full that year. That was not a year to run the full. That was not a year to run the half, which is what I did. That was not a year to stand outside and cheer people on almost. I mean, that's, it was, it was a hot year and to kind of hear him talk about that a little bit, I thought was, uh, was really cool. And then just kind of talking, I think the, uh, some of the ins and outs of, you know, what it, what it is to, to have a running podcast. And I, I think some of the, uh, the correlation between uh, you know, training and podcasting about running. I, I think it's 
it's kind of cool to maybe see some of the similarities in the in the work it takes when you maybe don't know what you're what you're up against and what you're doing. Uh, just kind of fun to you know just sit and talk to somebody who does what we do. He, yeah, running and he enjoys talking about running. You know, I mean that's that's basically it. So um, yeah, it was it was fun and. You know, oftentimes when we've had people on, we get the, oh, I've never really done this before. Right. That's not what we got tonight. So. Not at all. Yeah. Somebody who knows very well what we go through and how this works. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty elite fraternity we're a part of. Oh. <laughs> it's something. We'll go with elite. Sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> that was a weird choice of words on my part. That's okay. I like it. I like that we consider ourselves elite. Well, in the words of Bruce McIntosh, nobody listens. So who really cares what we <laughs> call ourselves? Amen. Yeah. Here's our interview with Bruce McIntosh. And here we are with Bruce McIntosh, host of the Just a Runner podcast. Thanks for joining us tonight, Bruce. Oh, thanks for having me. You uh, you're not you're not only joining us tonight. You joined us on our uh, one year anniversary run. We really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah I had a good time at that run actually. So, well, I think you brought to... I think you brought most of the people who attended too. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, me and Greg ran up there to, or rode there together, and the others were meeting us there. Uh, I thought there'd be a few more people there. I was trying to take over. Oh, no. We're glad that you brought anybody because we couldn't, apparently. We brought Keegan. Keegan was good. It was cold. but It was cold that day. That was one of those first really cold fall days. That probably scared a few people off. Oh, I'm sure. Probably. I don't know how far away the others were coming, but... If it was this weekend, I bet we would have had a better turnout because people are you're a little more adapted to the cold. Right. More prepared for it. Although it was a beautiful day still, though, because, I mean, the, it, it was still uh, the sky was just that awesome, crisp blue. Oh, I thought a... it was a great day, but I mean, it was cold, but that was just the way it was. And don't get anybody complaint was that how the condition of the trail with it being the limestone trail getting yeah. a lot of gunk in their shoes but I have to get up there more when it's a little warmer in the spring or summer I, I do plan on going there again it was i hadn't been there in a while so it was nice just to get up there to run it for a change i'd actually never been there i always run on the towpath down here and it's just flat and straight and the same scenery the whole way, so it's kind of boring. I got to get up there for some runs because that uh, it's a little it's a little bit of a haul for me. But man, that's a beautiful place in in the valley. It's a it's a stretch that I've run. I mean, I don't I don't want to say frequently, but I try to get down there three four times a year. And one of the things I'm looking most forward to, I'm moving here right at the beginning of next year, is I'll be only about twenty minutes away from where we ran. And the great thing about the towpath in general is just that. There's all sorts of access points to it. So you can drive, you know, five miles any direction and there's going to be a new access point you can pick up and it's just a totally different scene, different things to run through. Uh, it's it's one of the hidden gems up here that I love most about running. 
Yeah, you can get any length you want. I, I love running there. I like that spot just so I can go to the Winking Lizard after we run. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Beer at the finish. Uh, so, Bruce, let's talk a little bit about you. We, we, we talked about the Valley, our fun one-year anniversary run that you attended. Um, but running, we're, we're here to talk about running. How did you get into running? What got you started? Uh, going back a long way, I started to – I needed to do something to lose weight and exercise and get in better shape than I was. And I'm going back about 15 years, actually. So I do a, and I do, I'm what you would call an adult onset athlete, was never a runner. So when I was about 38, I just went out and tried starting to run and did it for a few weeks, found a little, one of those, you couldn't find them all over the internet back then. And, uh, Found one a paper for to subscribe to a Runner's World and had a run to walk plan on it. So I started doing that and I signed up for a local 5K just for more incentive, which was the beginning of a very long uh, first of a couple hundred 5Ks to come, and it just got me motivated to keep going. And I'd keep signing up for more races. The first race was down here in Austin Town. Uh, just a little 5k that's actually it's still going on but uh, i just started running to get in shape and what, what happened i just started meeting people more and more and went to the local road runners and to me uh really love it was the one sport i i kept at uh for most of the last year all these years i had a couple years where i really kind of fell off the wagon but got back on it and been back to doing marathons and uh, it was something in the back of my head, I think, that I always wanted to do a marathon. And eventually I got built up enough that I went out and did uh, the towpath for the first one. Since then, I have done, well, I'm, I've done 12, and I'm still working towards getting number 13 in. This this past year, was, I it was a good year, except for every time I wanted to do a marathon, something would go wrong in both. Boy, yeah. do I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah, I I was signed up for two marathons this past year, this year, 2019. And one I didn't even start, and the other one I uh, didn't finish. But, uh, like I said, I just started going out trying to lose some weight and get in shape. And I'm still trying to lose some weight and get in shape, but I'm having a lot of fun going to the races and still out running with people. And, uh And let's see here. Like I said, my first marathon actually was right where we were running for your uh, one-year anniversary was the towpath. It didn't. That's not where it started, but we went along there. Yeah. And that back then it, they did kind of what they call a bow tie. We'd start over by the oh the ski area, and you'd go up and you'd jump on the towpath about a mile into the race, and then you'd come back, go down so far, and come back, and that was a pretty good race. It's still, I haven't done it since. I actually prefer bigger events now. I started doing Cleveland Marathon, which I know you guys are both a big fan of. We are. From listening to you. And 
Uh, that I ran that five years in a row from 07 to 2011. Okay. And so that was, uh, so I've done mostly Ohio marathons. 11 out of 12 of them have been in Ohio. Um, maybe I'll get the rest of the Ohio marathons one of these years or over the next few years. But I've, I've done Akron, uh, Canton, which I'm doing again next year. Uh, like I said, I've done uh, Cleveland five times. And I've been down to Cincinnati and did the Flying Pig. I, think I did Toledo, too. There's a little one up in Mentor, Ohio, called the Ohio Northern Marathon. I've done that. And last fall, wait, 2018, went to Michigan and did the Detroit Marathon. That was a real nice one, too. Did you do the international version of that? Uh, for the marathon, there, it's only international. They have a okay. half that state. Only the half is you have the choice. You can do international okay. or... Uh, so actually... So you go across the Ambassador Bridge into Canada. You have a couple miles in Canada, and they have the only underwater mile where you go under the lake, and you're, or not the lake, but the river there. Yeah. They got a tunnel. You go under it, and you come back into uh, Michigan, and they uh, sweep you around. And actually, at the end, the international marathon start or the international marathon starts with us. The American marathon. Uh, if you stay only in America, it starts uh, two or three hours after we do. So when I'm getting near the finish line, there's a lot. Of, a lot of them are finishing same time we are that uh-huh. I was. And I think that they, they were more, uh, well, they were faster runners than me. I was, uh, I finished that in 444. And there was quite a few of them coming up that were finishing. And they. They had a divide for half on this side and marathoners on one side to finish in. And that's actually a really nice marathon, pretty good size. If you ever want something unique as far as uh, the route, because you're going uh, over the, like I said, the Ambassador Bridge, and you've got quite a view there. And that's quite a climb to get over it. And with the tunnel, it's very unique because how often are you going to be going under doing a mile underwater. Oh, for sure. Now, do you have a specific moment or race that really stands out to you in all this time as being really memorable? Uh, uh, that's a tough one. There's been so many races. Uh, I have run a lot of races, and uh, I'm over 300. I'd have to... Cleveland was... One of the first time in Cleveland, I just remember uh, being just falling in love with that race. And it was uh, because of, oh, what am I saying? Just uh, loved the city, loved the atmosphere. That race was a really good one. I ran it with a friend of mine, and we had trained together. And that's one of the reasons I kept going back for Cleveland. And Sometimes I stick my bats. I was trying to think of a good one. Uh, and locally here in Youngstown, I've run the Peace Race quite a few times. It's a 10K, and they take you downtown. You go through Mill Creek Park in downtown, and that's actually become – that's one of my favorite shorter races. Um, I also remember – the Prescott half is one of the ones I really enjoyed. I was able to uh, 
it's one of the few places that I've actually been able to break two hours, which was a big mark for me. But that's uh, when you were, I'm trying to think that was a few years, years back. Now uh, you do a loop around Presque Isle up in Erie PA. And that's just a very scenic fundraise. Uh, yeah. I can't narrow it down to just one specific race that really stands out for me. You, you don't, you don't have one memory that you, do you have like a memory you can look back on and go, man, that was, that was freaking awesome. Like, I mean, I look back at Columbus this year for me and just think about how cool it was to see my kid uh, four times during the first half and get a high five from him. And those are just four high fives that will never, ever forget. We have the anything kind of, you know, a memory like that from any of these races that you just go, that was such a, like, badass moment that I'm just going to cherish it forever. Actually, I, the Columbus Marathon, I did the half uh, two years ago, and I actually started off too fast, and I started going downhill. Instead of making it, just having a bad day of it, they have all the kids along the sidelines from the hospital you don't want them. And I just made a point to go around and high five as many of them as I saw. And it actually just turned into just a fun race for me. And, you know, and I think it's really touching. And if that don't get to you with all the kids out there that were in the hospital fighting cancer or stuff, uh, made me realize just being able to go out and do something like that when you know there's other people that can't. Right. And that was one of the ones I met. It was uh, memorable for that. And being there with some other people that were running their first uh, marathon and being able to be there at the finish line for them was uh, kind of special for me because it was a close. I'm still close with her and I think that. Trying to think if there's somebody else there on their first one, and but uh, Columbus was a really special one, and I didn't really meet a personal mark that I wanted to in that race, but I really thought what they're doing down there for the hospital and stuff is uh, kind of special. Yeah, that's a one of a kind event. There's no doubt about that. So I uh, now I'm I, I live in Canton, and I'm I'm pretty proud of that. And, you know, Canton and Youngstown are very similar cities uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, and you are – so you're from Youngstown, and it, you are an ambassador now for a Hall of Fame here in Canton. Yes. Yes, I got uh, into their ambassador program. So uh, what, are some, what are some of the things you love about the Hall of Fame race? Take, take this this time as your, your chance to uh, – to plug well, your discount code and all that fun stuff. <laughs> okay. Um, and, uh, and talk about the Canton Hall of Fame marathon a little bit. Well, I did in 2017, and it was memorable for the wrong reasons. Uh, it got up to 80 degrees that day. I, Half or full? I did the full. Okay. Oh, I did 80 degrees? Oh. I basically walked. Uh, it was, well... Till this past October, it was my worst worst marathon finish ever. Actually, I guess it's still my worst marathon finish. But I 
kind of fell apart and by halfway i'm just dying out there not feeling good uh just battering and i just kept going i probably walked i walked a lot of the second half and uh trying to just get it get done and the courses changed that was one of the reasons i wanted to go because now they start and finish at the hall of fame uh before they met, it was downtown, and I kind of want to see what I can do there. Hopefully, in decent weather, uh, if you will, I kind of the whole. Uh, you know, it's one of those things. I want to go back and get revenge on the course, or revenge on the race, since the course has changed some, and now we get to finish on the football field, and they've come up with an awesome ring or medal there. I don't know. I guess it's called a ring medal. Uh, it's looking like the uh, Super Bowl rings. They're really, they look huge, and they're making them into a medal for this uh, year. That was another thing that got me in, uh, wanting to go and compete there. And I just, just and then they send it out, anybody that, to who see who wanted to be an ambassador for them. So I got into that and really pushing my code, which, uh, if you want to sign up and save a few dollars, use my code HOF Macintosh B H O F M C I N T O S H B. So, and they have I, the best medals. That they, that is one thing that Jim Cheney, the race director, nails every year. Is well, the, the year medals. the year I did it, it looks like a giant ticket. And yeah, I, I just love the medal from there. They give you a blanket at the finish line. Of course, the year I went there and it was 80 degrees, you didn't have the blanket. <laughs> but it's an awesome blanket for, you know, afterwards, I really liked it once it got cold out. And, uh, everything about that race, I really liked it. Everything I went, the expo, all those other stuff, I had all these nice things. The day before, it was like 50 degrees and drizzling. I'm yep. like, why couldn't we race on that day? Instead, I go out and run, and it's up to 80 degrees before I can finish. And that was my only disappointment at the race. I had so many... Nice things about the race. If anybody asked me about it, I totally recommended it. Uh, like I said, the expo, the storyline. Uh, Do you remember at about mile? I, I, I ask anybody this who we have on who has run the Hall of Fame marathon. Do you remember about mile 21, a family that was handing out oranges and popsicles and watermelon? I Oh man, you're testing me. It, uh, yeah, it was in Reservoir Park near the monument. You know, man, we did not make much of an impression. Was that you? <laughs> you know what? I actually think there was a couple times later in the race. I know I took water, or not water, uh, orange slices from a few people, hoping it would help me start feeling better or something. So I probably took an orange slice at that point. Uh, it was shortly before then. What was really bad, uh, my wife actually found, was driving around, stopped at one of the rest, uh, or the pits, well, what's your, water stops, but it's, and she was looking for me because I was so far behind, and I'm coming up on her, and my and I'm thinking, why is she out here? It didn't occur to me that she drove there. I'm like, is, am I doing so bad? That she, and she doesn't run at all. Uh, how'd she get ahead of me? how was she out here at all? And it just didn't occur to me. She just like went, was out driving around and found me. And 
yeah, I was at the point that if she had told me you should stop, I probably would have. But I don't know whether it was a good thing or a bad thing, but she didn't tell me that. And I just kept going. But uh, I actually, for a little while, wondered if I was hallucinating when seeing her out on the course. <laughs> yeah, that, that year was brutal because I ran the half before we went out and uh, and were handing out everything. My, my wife and kid and brother and nephew, they they went and set up our little stand. Yeah, that year was brutal. And it sounds like yeah. you're pouring yourself a scotch on the rocks right now. No, that's uh, not a bad idea. I should have gone and done that when you were getting your beer. <laughs> Yeah, that was, like I said, I had a lot of good things to say about it. And, uh, I just had a bad day. And they, I just, going from winter running into that type of heat, I mean, there was no, no, nothing like that as far as heat. I mean, we were running, no. all our training runs were 40, 30 degrees. Well, like you said, the day before that year. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I remember going to the expo and I was freezing. And well, I, I think you you said something that I think sometimes we runners need to get out of our head is you you had a bad day that day. No, that day was a bad day for running. <laughs> you completed yeah. what you signed up for, kind of like Cleveland this year. You know, oh, I, yeah. when it's when it's just when the weather is like that. I, I mean, you can run through cold. I mean, we had 2016 in Cleveland where we had the craziest weather I've ever seen. Uh, and, you know, a ton of people PR'd. A ridiculous amount of people PR'd that day. But you you throw the heat in, like Hall of Fame 2017, Cleveland 2016, Akron 2017. There's really not anything you can do uh, to have a good day that day. To, to have a good day is to complete your race and – complete it safely whether that yeah. be walking or whatever and I, I think that fact that you went out and completed 26.2 miles even if it was your you know your worst uh, that that is still a hell of an accomplishment and I, I think it's something that you should definitely be very proud of so the uh, hall of fame marathon is a tremendous race you can save how much with your code bruce 10 percent it's ten dollars oh ten dollars all right so uh yeah, and then H-O- you can use it for oh, HOF for the Hall of Fame, then Macintosh B. Cool. And yeah, this year I'm just hoping for a little cooler weather. Um, Cleveland this year was bad. I was training for that and had a work-related injury. Uh, smash and I got advised and actually followed doctor's advice, which, you know, being a runner, that's unheard of <laughs> and dropped out of the marathon. I had thought about dropping down to a shorter race and I didn't, but I still went up there and spectated and it was a different view of it on that hot. I may have dogged a bullet in one way, which you did. Uh, it was uh, I mean, I had several friends running it, so I was there to, for them and, uh, it was, it was a different experience, but I had fun doing that. And, you know, I've never been really a spectator. I think that may have been the second or third time I've ever like, I'm trying to think how many times I went just to spectate, you know, a lot of times you'll hang out afterwards if you're, and see people, but this was the first, 
I definitely wasn't planning on going there as just a spectator till like days beforehand. And well, we had Indians tickets the day before and just stayed up there because we already had the room set up. We decided we had, I decided to sleep, uh, get a hotel room for Saturday night and we were going to an Indians game Saturday afternoon and all this. And I get hurt. And like I said, it was a, finger injury which doesn't sound like but it was a very doesn't sound as bad that bad but they i didn't want to get infected i ripped all the skin off the tip of my finger and mm. they didn't want to take a chance on getting infected for it being wet for like four hours or five hours or whatever three yeah and so ended up uh dropping out of cleveland this year and then it turned out to be a 80 degree at the finish line and once again it's going to 80 degrees on a spring marathon is really tough just because you're not used to the heat yet uh, maybe i'm getting old and can't handle the heat as good as i used to but no it's yeah. especially when you train over the winter when you train over the winter and into the spring like you might get that occasional day that gets up around 70 but it's not like training in the summer where it's day in, day out, and your body gets yeah. it. So, you know, you even still funny. racing in it. I mean, I don't care if you train in it or not. Racing oh, in sure. it is still not because I mean, I trained over the summer, and granted, Akron was a training run, but it was awful. Akron was just oh. awful this year, and it, you know it. Yeah, you can't when it's hot. It's hot. Your heart rate's high. Right. Yeah. In a, you know, you start in the mornings, and it's not usually that bad. And I think that's right. one of the traps you can fall into so easily on a hot weather day. Is it feels good in the morning? You're loose. You know, you're usually a little more awake than you might be on a cold morning too. Like you kind of feel ready to go, and you know, three four miles in, you're like, oh shit, here we go. Yeah, yeah. And, um. Yeah, no, I th- I think no matter what, when you're racing, it's just the heat is just difficult, and you just have to be smart. And it's strange that we live in Ohio, and it seems like every race day is hot, um, it, it, even if the days around it are cold. Right. Yeah that that one specific day, Mother Nature is going to make sure that we get <laughs> days. Well, leading up to Cleveland this year, it wasn't that bad till we hit race day. Yeah. yeah. Same we, thing. We've talked about so much. Like we had two warm days uh, in the yeah. like six, the like five and a half months before Father's Day of 2019, and they were the Saturday and Sunday of the Cleveland Marathon. Everything else was like Seattle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying. To, I don't know. Are we am I just cursed on the weather? Because I mean. <sighs> Well, Detroit last year wasn't bad at all. I mean, it was, if any, it, you can't complain about being a little too cool or something. I don't know. Uh, it was, it was, I want to say we were upper 30s or 40s at the start Perfect. Line. Perfect. And so I had no complaints about that. Uh, so once in a while I hit a decent, good running day. Uh, I did Toledo. That's another one I would recommend if you're looking for a good time in a race because uh, it's a nice flat course. Yeah. Uh, I, the, I only had one complaint about that whole race. I mean, the expo was nice. The course is pretty flat. 
Uh, it's a fast course. A lot of people go there to go up Boston qualify. Uh, overall, it's pretty good. There's a few spots where you're out on like a trail, a bike trail. It's not, you know, uh, where you're a little desolate and not, a, you know, no support or nothing out there. But uh, if you stay at a hotel, though, I did have a bad incident with that. I might have told you about this, but we were waiting on the buses that were supposed to come to we're at the host oh, hotel yeah. and they never showed. They did. Well, they eventually showed up. It took us there, and we're like five, ten minutes before the starting line start, having to get off the bus and get. You know, normally you get there. I wanted to be there an hour early and do the traditional stand in the Porter John line and things like that. And the all that first uh, few miles, I just it throws you off when you uh, your routine and stuff when you're getting there five minutes and then going straight to the starting line. I mean. I guess we should have been ready when we before we got on the bus, but those first I, few miles, he just needed to go to the porta potty. Yeah, that kind of messed that's messed <laughs> me up in a few races. But yeah, that uh, yeah, for me it was a decent day. I ran. The temperature never got too bad. Uh, it was. It wasn't raining. It wasn't too windy. So. Toledo, I mean, I, I think that could be actually grow to be a bigger marathon than it was when I was there, and it was a decent size, just because uh, with the course they got is a lot of people go there hoping to qualify in the spring for Boston. So, are you? Did you say you were going there soon? Or Andrew? yeah, I'll be I'll be there in April. Yeah, I registered. It's I did something I never do. I registered when the price of the cost of a race was its cheapest. I'm always that dude who like holds off and off and off. And then I spend like, so for Columbus, you can typically register when registration opens for like 70 bucks. It was 145 for me to register. <laughs> I did. You could have run it twice. I know. Nah, God, no. Um, 26.2 is enough for me. But yeah, like well, you could have run it two years in a row. Yeah, That's yeah. But I, I've always been, you know, paranoid of injury or whatever. And then I started to do the math. I was like, you know what? It makes more sense to save this money five times. And if one time I don't run, I can just transfer it. So I registered yeah. early for Glass City. I, I will be, I will be in Toledo uh, that last I'm, week, April. I guess I'm just cheap. I like to try to save the money and i also think if till you actually put your money down and sign up for the race you're not as committed as the you're still just talking about it 100 yeah that's fair and just, that's my way of looking at it. once you put your money down you're committed to the race you have to train for it whereas till you do that if you decide to i don't feel like going long today it's real easy a lot easier to miss that way yep I agree with you 100% on that. So, Bruce, something that came out during our anniversary run, it ended up being, uh, I ran with you pretty much the entire way. Uh, you yeah. are, you're very much a group runner, and that's that's different from me and Andrew, because he and I tend to be more individual runners. We don't run with other people a whole lot. What What is it about running with other people that really makes you enjoy that aspect of running? A lot of it's the community. A lot of them, I just enjoy the company. I find it very motivational. Uh, I mean, that can be a positive or a negative. 
because sometimes you can run too hard because you're trying to keep up with other people. On the other hand, if you need motivation to get out there, uh, it's good for that. If you know somebody's meeting you, you're going to, I mean, if you're a good person, you'll be on time or try to be on time and you're going to get up and go where, like I said, I think this Sunday I wasn't meeting anybody. I got there like half hour, 45 minutes later than I was planning. Which was well, that, maybe, that sounds like that maybe kind of has some of the effect like you were just talking about with the registering for a race too. Like you're, you're committed to doing it. Like yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meet this person. Uh, I, I have to wake up to do this. Yeah, because like now I have a running group. I'm taking care of them on, on Facebook, setting up where we meet. Well, we meet every Wednesday and Saturday, and somehow I got into that. And now I'm stuck doing it, but but uh, I'm not complaining. Trust me, I I, I like doing. It. It's, it. There's something about the power of being the guy that sets where we're meet, running from. <laughs> and if I want to eat Mexican food or. This or Italian food, I, I pick where we go on Wednesday nights. And what happened what do you was normally we were, pick Mexican or Italian. I'm I'm married to Italian, but I pick Mexican food more often. We'll cut that out and post so she doesn't get mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she complained. She doesn't want to go to the Mexicans that often, the Mexican food that often. So I I go on Wednesdays when she's not going with me. That seems a fair compromise. <laughs> I always offer to bring her something home, whether she when she doesn't go. Uh, but what happened was there was a we were all in a group. Uh, there was a running store in McDonald, Ohio, and they had started a running group, and I got involved with them. And then uh, after the store was open, it wasn't that area; it just wasn't. Uh, they had a bad location. They ended up shutting down. But all of us had become friends, and we're uh, we just kept the running group going, and it's grown, and we have other people count that have joined since, and I've just been doing it on face. You know, we just started a Facebook group and kept running, and uh, I actually look, you know, I look forward to going running with these uh, my my running group. Yeah, I mean, I, I do admit, uh, and what's happening is a lot of times I can get other people to come run with me on other days. And when we're training, like I'm going to Canton, but I also know there's five or six other people in my running group, uh, going to Canton to run it. Also two of them are doing the marathon for the first time. I actually, a couple uh, weeks ago, one of my podcasts was just talking with them about their first time event and where I'm going to get together with them, uh, probably in January and then maybe do like a monthly thing where we talk about how our training is going. Cause it's, I got two people doing their first marathon and actually I know two other people in our running group that are running Boston and then six days later running the full at Canton. So now that'll, that'll make for an interesting podcast. No kidding. Uh, I actually, I know three people doing that. You know, Taylor Sowers, right? I do. Yes. Okay. Uh, I thought one of you did. He's doing the same thing. He's going to run Boston and then come run Canton. Yeah, well, he's from Canton. So, yeah, of course I know. He he invited me to a group that he has uh, where they, uh, they're they called the Early Bird Crew. And Oh, yeah, he told me about it. I, I, I'm, I'm part of the group, and I'm part of the Facebook message group they have, which is like 17 or 18 people. 
I've not shown up once. Because when they say early bird crew, they mean it. They mean early birds. I mean, these guys are meeting at like 4 a.m. to go run. Hard pass. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Hard pass. I can wake up at like 5 to go to the gym. The key is wake up at 5. I don't get to the gym at 5. I might get to the gym at like 5.45 because I'm going to have a cup of coffee and a banana. No, these people are meeting at 4 to go run like 10 mile – like a 10-mile tempo run. I'm like, dear God. Like they – and they meet at like Dunkin' Donuts and it's not even open by the time they're finished. (laughs) Yeah, he told me about that. If you look back on my podcast back in July – I did a first interview with him. I think it was July. Uh, and I actually went to his house and we sat down and talked. And if you get the chance, you might want to go interview him at his house. He made me lunch. Uh, so if you, it was pretty heck, good. Heck yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you could talk him into a, bring a beer. I'm, uh, he couldn't really leave because his wife was working and he was home. So we had to meet there. And what he told me about how he's out at four in the morning and I'm like trying to figure out how do you get like six, eight, eight hours sleep here, you know? And also uh, he was, he's running pretty good. So it must be working for him. I mean, he did, he won a, uh, the Youngstown marathon. Yeah, I saw that. that. And I, I actually knew him from years ago cause he's, he's originally from, uh, mcdonald ohio right outside of youngstown there and i, I see his dad and uh running in uh mill creek park all the time his dad does the iron man uh he's done a couple of them he runs yeah. a lot of local races so i i've known him uh i see his dad all the time i've known him we actually well i'm going back a long time but before he moved got through college and stuff. I, we, I used to see him out running in the park and stuff too. So you interviewed Tyler Sowers, uh, who lives in North Canton. Uh, yes. Truth be told, one reason I uh, haven't joined them is because he lives in North Canton. I live on like the exact opposite side of Canton. Oh. So would I have to meet at 4? I would have to leave my house at like 3.30, which means I'd have to wake up at like 2.45, which means I would have to go to bed at like five i'm still at work at five so it's not gonna work (laughs) um so but uh yeah so i I always want to talk you 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 know you talked about doing a podcast interview so one of the one of the reasons we um you know one one mutual thing that we share is not just running you're you're also the the host of a podcast look i get to give you all the shameless plugs today uh, hey, first HOF ambassador, uh, and now this. Uh, so talk a little bit about uh, – we don't have a ton of time left, but just to you know, uh, give you a little platform to talk about. How did you get into podcasting about running, and uh, like what really made you want to do that? Well, uh, I had actually tried one years ago, and it failed, and I just gave up on it, and now – I started listening to other podcasts. I've always, I've probably been listening to podcasts for over 10 years. Just something I enjoyed listening to rather than just music. 
and I used to always listen to them while I was running, and I'd find these different running podcasts, and I kept trying to figure out, I thought, I kept thinking about it for years, and finally I decided to, to go ahead and give it a try, because I said I was going to make one of a uh, podcast about something, it's got to be something I'm passionate about, something I really care about, and the only two things I came up with that I thought I could actually uh, want to talk about enough to put out a podcast on a regular basis. One was running. The other was my love of the Cleveland Browns. Oh, so sorry. we're not going to talk sorry. about Browns. Though. I don't want to talk about them right now. No, I think this, no. uh, this would, I've, I found the running, even with my bad running days uh, is less depressing than them. So, I finally decided to get started. I actually found apps on my iPad that I could use to make the whole podcast. Uh, doing it online like this is a new experience and learning experience for me. So this is good. Maybe I'll be able to find some other people to interview like this for my for my podcast, the Just a Runner podcast. And actually, I mean, I started out, it was just kind of an audio journal, of just talking about my running. And I started trying to put little things in that like tips and stuff or just opinion on different things in running from years of experience and uh, past things that have happened to me. And finally, I started asking people to do interviews this past summer. I think Adam knows uh, Christina Toth. I do. She was, she was my first person I actually got together. And, and I want to, I try to keep it conversational rather than just sit here and asking questions. Uh, just to keep, uh, you know, but uh, she was the first one I ever got together with and had an interview, and I enjoyed that more than, and I think they're better than just me talking to myself. Uh, I, I've i considered trying to find a co-host like you guys do. It, I think that if I find the right person, I might try to do it as a regular two people and get together with other people for an interview kind of like you guys are doing. Yeah, I mean, I steal all your good ideas on my podcast if you haven't noticed but <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> i just imitation uh, is the sincerest form of flattery well like right. what got me listening to your podcast i was getting when i told you i was getting ready for uh cleveland i started listening to all your podcast i i discovered it in while i was training for it and you started we were doing all this stuff about the cleveland marathon so i yeah. went and listened to all those and uh so I started listening to it. I even reviewed you, which you've mentioned. Yeah, I have it up. Um, so since we're going back in time, so we have referenced Bruce McIntosh dozens of times. Yes. It's almost weekly, I'm sure. <laughs> so the best review we have ever got, and, you know, it's probably – it's a big reason why we have you on today. It's also probably a big reason why we waited so long. <laughs> So, uh, all right. It is five stars, though, so I'll give you that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> waiting for Cleveland from Bruce MC on April 4th, 2019. I find it a funny and entertaining show. Seem to enjoy making it, even if no one is <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have to read the rest of it, but that's we have loved it since day one. Oh, and, I said it was entertaining. You did. You also assumed that we have no listeners, which may or may not be the case. It was. It was very much true. At that there point. was a 
shortly before I uh, made that review, you had made one of you two made a comment in an episode, and I I can't remember what which one it was about how you had no listeners, but you were having fun listening, uh, making the <laughs> podcast. So there was a there was a reason, and I <laughs> I remember I was trying to remember why I actually said that, but there was a and I I can't remember which episode I haven't listened to it since probably in uh, March or something, uh, and it was like you guys were making some comment about having no listeners. There was a joke, and I mean, that's the only time you probably said it offhanded one time, and I just kind of worked it into my uh, review there. Well, <laughs> you know, it, that it sounds was, like something I would say. Well, and it was funny because, you know, and this is this gets into the technical details of it, but like it, it to initially try to start doing this as a podcast, we had to figure out how we could record remotely and how we could put it up. And really, neither one of us had the technical know how. So, if you search YouTube for some obscure Rust Belt running podcast, you'll find like our first, I don't know, nine or ten mm-hmm. episodes. And we used to record them live. And one person would listen to us live. And that was Thomas. And he live tweeted us like what we were doing while yeah. he was listening. And so that gave us the idea like, well, let's have Thomas on as a producer, which ended up uh, happening for about four or five months. But when we did yeah. that, we literally eliminated our audience because we took our only listener and we brought him <laughs> on board. And so, like, you know, the stuff you were listening to, the Cleveland Ambassador series, started to get us more listeners because different ambassadors would be like, oh, hey, I was on this podcast. My friend should listen to me. Yeah. But, like, legitimately for a while, like, we didn't really have anybody listening. We took our only solid audience member and brought them on board. I, yeah, because I only listened to the ones that were on uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes. Yeah. And that's and what we yeah. They start at 13 or 14. Yeah. So right. everything behind that isn't on there. And I never, I probably not worth listening to anyway. No one can find that. And it's buried in like, internet archives. Like your ambassador series was something that I kind of stole because. I got uh, a whole bunch where I was talking about Youngstown Marathon. Every time I could get somebody that was involved with it, I would get them. And uh, I had several people involved with the Youngstown Marathon on my podcast to talk about it. So that's what I'm saying. I'm stealing your good ideas. But no. So, but steal re- away. Real quick. So, but out podcasting, I'm just kind of sensing a little bit of a theme here. So, we started on YouTube. We didn't know what we were doing. Uh, we were live for a little bit, which I I personally didn't hate. It didn't maybe take us. We that's maybe ahead of our time because you know at some point it might be fun to get crowd interaction. But when you have no listeners, essentially, <laughs> you're not going to get a whole lot out of anything live. Uh, but you know there there were so many things that you know we had to learn to do to. Um, you know, get where we are, where we are is not famous. Where we are is we have a couple hundred Instagram followers and, you know, our listeners have gone up consistently until the last month. And then, you know, we've seen a drop off in, uh, in our performance, which I would attribute to people not running as much during the holidays and weather and not listen. Cause it, I mean, it's such a steep drop off. I mean, something just clicks. Just such a busy month that exactly. I, and, yeah. and so many other things are going on. I I can see where the podcast listening could drop off. And like, but, 
So kind of where I'm going with this is do, do you see any correlation, you know, with having a running podcast and, you know, training for a marathon? You have to learn how to do new things. You have to adapt. You have to get better, stronger. You have to be consistent too. You know, when nobody's listening, you have to just, you know, in the words of Desi Linden, keep showing up. You know, you just have to keep doing it yep. and, and things kind of catch on with that consistency. Do you see any correlation between the two? I, I agree with that because I think one of the things I've always tried to be with my running, I try to be consistent. I want to be out there every week getting some miles in. And I try to consistently put out a podcast and, I, you know, it's grown a little bit. And like I said, I'm like you, I got a, so many people on Instagram and that's basically my Instagram is basically just to promote my podcast or talk about it and stuff. And I even made a Facebook page and it sat there doing nothing for the longest time. And now I'm trying to get more involved, but I mean, it is something where, like I said, I, you got to learn new things. Um, this year, uh, going forward for Canton, I actually got somebody coaching me. So that's going to take a change. I mean, do you, maybe I need a podcast coach. Never, that's what I was going to ask you. I was going to make you have a podcast coach. No, I meant for a running. <laughs> running. I'm sorry. Uh, maybe, I, maybe I need I, a podcast coach. You might too. want one of those. Yeah. Uh, we had like a quit. Damn. Oh, Thomas, man. Damn. Start another podcast that he quit. He's on his third. Three in one year. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's actually kind of funny because um, he and I started another one because we both like a, a soccer team in England together. And, you know, here on Skype, you have a record of all the different phone calls you've made over the course of the year. And every yeah. time I log in, I'll go back and look, and it's like, there's the one that we did back in September that was the last one, and there was, like, never a conversation after that. It just sort of, like, died. And it's fine. I don't have time anyway. But, like, every time I log in, I'm like, oh, look. There it is. There it is. And then he left me for something else. He's left me twice in one year. Oh, that's depressing. I've got abandonment issues on podcast, Thomas. I just want You're you like- to... You're like the Kardashian of podcasts. Whoa. Oh, that's going to hurt. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how to do that comparison. Anyway, but, this got awkward. Anyway. And what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't I, remember. We, we digressed still, so hard. I told you it was going to happen. I'm still progressing and trying to improve my podcast and I hope to grow it over the next year. And I'm hoping to become a better runner through the next year too. So yeah, I do see some similarities and I think you're going to have your ups and downs just like in running. You have your ups mm-hmm. and downs. Uh, not every race is going to go perfect. Your improvement's not going to be linear. You're going to have your ups and downs. And I think with the podcast, I've seen some good episodes and some that not. And I don't know if there's a correlation, whether like I said, I still feel the ones where I'm interviewing with another person or talking about something like that with other people are better than just like when I go running, it seems to be I have better runs than when I run by myself. So uh, I'm not sure if that makes what makes for the best podcast, but uh, I guess it depends on who's listening. Yeah. And, uh, 
I think it all comes down to like, are you enjoying it? Yeah. I, I've been enjoying making the podcast uh, for the most part. And, and once I got through a few interviews of going out and meeting the people, I've gotten to know some new people uh, by doing that. I, I really like that. And you get to hear other runners stories. That part I'm really enjoying. And so I'm going to keep trying to do them like that. And got to go out and run with you guys up at the, because of, well, because of your podcast, a little bit because of mine, I guess. And things like that. Maybe sooner or later, I'll see if I can't get a, like a a podcast meetup or something with with mine. But uh, I, I really don't, you guys might actually have had more people listening when I made my review than I did, but I just, <laughs> for, like I say, I, I mean, I'm enjoying doing it. Uh, I just, I think, yeah, uh, I think over the next year, I'm, I am going to try to make, just keep improving the way I've been going and try to find more people to talk to on here. At the end of the day, just like running, all, all you can do is keep showing up and just yep. try to get better. So, uh, Bruce McIntosh, you have been a uh, a fun conversation this evening. Thank you. And uh, we definitely wish you nothing but the best in your podcast endeavors. And, uh, you. You, you know, as your buildup begins for the Hall of Fame Marathon here in Canton, Ohio, uh, in April, we, uh, we wish you the best in that, too. So uh, it is the Just a Runner podcast. Just a Runner's podcast, yes. Yeah, and uh, Just a is one word. Where did that come from? How did you come up uh, with that? Real my, quick. Running, my running group was named the Just a Running Group. When we were trying to put the name, I couldn't come up with a name for the Facebook page. So I said, well, we'll just call it Just a Running Group. And that was a couple of years before I started the podcast. And then when I started doing the podcast, I was trying to think of a name. I said, well, I'll be the, just a runner. So, and, but as long as we have some sort of, uh, somebody wants to be on the podcast, I'll be more than happy to have them on. As long as we have some sort of connection to running, I've had several triathletes on there and things like that. So, well, there you go. If you've ever wanted to be a podcast guest, yes. get in touch with Bruce. Talk to Bruce. <laughs> And if you need a great review, uh, <laughs> get Bruce to listen to you. Yes. So, um, Bruce, we, uh, again, appreciate having you here on the Rust Belt Running Podcast. And uh, you can find Bruce at Just a Runner on Instagram and yes. Facebook. And um, he is available on all your favorite podcasting apps. Good luck. I'm going to try to do this again right now. Uh, We thank you for listening to us, and we are available on all of your favorite podcasting apps, and we do appreciate reviews, much like Bruce's. Uh, And feel free to review uh, the Just a Runner podcast as well. Uh, Yeah, I'd appreciate that. Yeah, it does help us to gain visibility, and you know, maybe it can impact somebody um, the way we impacted Bruce. Back in April. <laughs> Even if you think nobody's listening to it, go ahead. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, we can say whatever we want too. I, nobody's going to read the review because nobody <laughs> listens to us. So, um, again, uh, Bruce, we thank you, and sure. uh, we thank you, listeners, for joining us. Adam, you have a great evening. You too.
We'll see you right. next. Oh, next week we get to do a holiday episode again. Yes, right? we do. Ooh. I don't know what we're doing, but it's going to be awesome. Ideas. Oh, oh, man. I can't wait to hear them. So uh, for Bruce, for Adam, enjoy your miles, everybody. <laughs>